I think so. <laughs> um, I always want to add to the request to stay for the whole talk. Uh, please stay for the whole talk in the Q&A unless you really have to leave. If you're being bored to distraction or finding you're becoming un unbearably irritable <laughs> and you're kind of fed up with working with the edge of your practice, you know where the exits are. They're not locked. Um, anybody here who uh, can't keep themselves reasonably occupied while we sit for a few minutes? Anybody that doesn't, you know, this is your first time, you're absolutely cold to practice. Okay, so let's sit for a few minutes. Nice to see you all on this really brisk uh, evening. How many of you have been lucky enough to see the moon rising? Um, I was thinking earlier, it's probably a good thing I didn't notice it until I was already in the car, because I could only permit myself to be sort of intermittently stunned. Um, I could have stood you guys up tonight. I mean, it is just incredible. Um, so for those of you who've heard me do this before, um, you know that I, that I often start with a koan as a way to sort of open up the talk and the following conversation. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, koan means public case in Japanese, um, and it's a really, really rich uh, Buddhist literature in China. Uh, encounters between teachers and students, teachers and teachers, students and students, um, very rich and very lively. It's taken up in two ways. Um, one of the ways we'll do this evening is to just explore it together. And the other is as, a, as, a, as an insight practice uh, uh, to help people kind of tumble in, stumble into emptiness. Uh, and then to begin to work with this dance uh, that we're always falling in and out of, which is form and emptiness. Um, so the, the story tonight um, has to do with a governor, a high official in China, um, summoning a teacher. And the governor was known as somebody who paid attention to spiritual matters. 
spent time with the suttas, with the Taoist teachings, etc. And uh, he called this teacher in, and he said, you know, I've been studying, and I've come across this passage, and I don't understand it. I'm confused by it. I'm hoping you'll clarify this for me. Um, And so here's the passage. A boat uh, blown off course by unfavorable winds drifts towards the land of the demons. The boat blown off course by unfavorable winds drifts towards the land of the demons. The teacher said, what kind of an idiot asks such a stupid question? And immediately the governor, you know, it, you could, it hit him viscerally. He stiffened, he turned white. He probably glanced at his bodyguards. Uh, and the teacher then said, a boat dri- blown off course by unfavorable winds drifts towards the land of the demons. And the governor relaxed and understood something. So there, something like this can be quite rich to unpack, and I'll just play around with it a little bit, and then we'll just open this up, and we can play around with it together. Um, <laughs> the first thing that struck me about this was how the teacher jumped right in the deep end with the governor. You know, no hesitation. Um, Here's a high official, uh, but really interested in learning, is confused, and in that way ripe. You know, the confusion is, is often equated with one of the, the sort of mind toxins, uh, greed, hatred, and confusion or delusion. And that's not the whole story. You know, a confused, not-knowing state can be quite promising. Uh, Something new is uh, waiting to happen, quite possibly. You know, it's a little bit like this this experience that we all have of of kind of reaching for something. We're not quite sure what it is. We're not quite sure how to get a hold of it. But we're drawn. You know, we're drawn by our interest. We're drawn by our curiosity. We're drawn by our puzzlement. Um, the best students are the ones who don't know, you know, and are willing to bear with that uh, very um, uh, lively place of not knowing. So this governor presents himself. And... um, has a direct experience. This is not a this is a teaching of real intimacy that happens here. You know, we often we often imagine that all teachers have to be very kind and deliberate and thoughtful and well paced. Um, and sometimes not. Sometimes what's really called for if if there's a knowing, I mean clearly this this governor student and this teacher this was not their first meeting. So there was, there was a history there. Uh, and the more history between a teacher and a student, the more lively 
and intimate the encounter can be. And the, the, the uh, governor came basically kind of asking a practice question and kind of asking for some intellectual clarity. And the teacher went right by the intellectual clarity piece. Do you want to know what this means? Well, here is what it means. Have a direct experience of this. I mean, how intimate is that? Unfavorable winds blow when they blow, right? And so here's this governor who has this visceral reaction, insulted, angry, and realizes that he's not being insulted, he's being taught. And the guy was quick, right? He got it. He got it. Probably saved the teacher's head that he did, but he got it. He had, a, he had an experience of the truth in that moment. So what are the kinds of things that wake us up? The kinds of things that maybe we confuse uh, for something unwanted and miss the opportunity to be taught. It can be a wonderful thing to sort of carry some, a question like that throughout the day. And what is this moment teaching me? That maybe I really don't want to hear. You know, being stuck in traffic. Um, I, you know, some of us drive through some pretty heavy traffic to get here. Um, and Boston area traffic is one of the few things that seems to be predictable is it's pretty nuts a lot of the time. Unfavorable winds. How do we get blown off course? What's, what, what are our own particular unfavorable winds? You know, many of us felt that the election was an unfavorable wind. Many of us feel lots of snow is an unfavorable wind. You know, not getting what we want, getting what we don't want. Unfavorable winds. And how quickly, you know, our boat is headed towards the land of the demons. I mean, the governor found himself in the land of the demons quickly. And what does it mean to be blown off course? I mean, is it, even, is it possible to actually be blown off course? I mean, we have an idea, often, about what our correct course is. We often have ideas about what other people's correct courses should be. But really, how can we ever know? 
And what makes an unfavorable wind unfavorable? How does that happen? Now, it doesn't mean that we don't, you know, that there are not things to do in the world. There are. But maybe if we can watch this dynamic of when the winds come up, that moment of unfavorable and the arising of the demons. You know, it's useful to take a careful look at what our favorable demons are. Because they're not best dealt with by exorcism and getting, a, getting rid of them. They, in fact, seem to be quite wily and quite persistent about reappearing. You know, there's a, there's a saying in the Dhammapada, um, hatred never ceases through hatred, but only through love. And the kind of attention that we bring to keeping company with the demons that arise is a kind of love. And maybe if we're able to do that, we have something different to offer in difficult times. Because we're kind of all in the same leaky boat together, as far as I can tell. And the boat is always being blown around you know, a, a couple of weeks ago, I got a, an email from a family member saying, uh, this was a few weeks after the election, and it said, given that we woke up into a completely different world a few weeks ago, and then he continued to say he wanted, uh, in lieu of Christmas presents, he'd like donations made, and he, and he gave several preferred you know, places to make donations, which were great. The piece that caught me was we've woken up into a, a completely different world. Has there ever been a time when there's not been nastiness and viciousness and ugliness in the world? Ever? Has the world ever been other than a dangerous, unpredictable place? with moments of compassion and, and heroism and love and joy. You know, as Zorba said, the full catastrophe. Has it ever been other than that? That's not been my experience. So this unfavorable, these so-called unfavorable winds are blowing all the time. And it seems to me that as, as yogis, as meditators, as people of the way, what we're called to first and foremost is to be with the demon lands that come up in us and to be taught by that, to carry a koan around during the day and watch when the mind is blown by these unfavorable internal, external winds, and how the demon lands suddenly appear. 
Because, as I said before, I think then maybe we have something a bit different to offer to the world. Because if, if you watch and you listen, much of what's happening is the same thing over and over and over again. I, was, I saw a, a thing on, I don't know, maybe it was Facebook or something today, and it was a Trumpler, and it had Trump with a mustache and looking like Hitler. I remember having a conversation about six years ago with somebody on the street that had an Obama poster comparing him to Hitler. Different? Well, I guess it depends on the point of view. And what we're asked to do is to find a point of reference, a seat, whereby we're not constantly blown around by these ever-changing winds because it just becomes more of the same. You know, my demons aren't any different than your demons or by anybody else's demons. You know, many years ago, my first Zen teacher, Maureen Stewart, uh, who taught just down the street from here, uh, went to her, she was telling a story, she went to her teacher and she was kind of upset that she was the only meditator in her household. You know, two kids, a husband, um, and she was concerned about this. And he said, Maureen, don't worry, one's enough. (laughs) One's enough. I hear stories all the time from people who take this work as serious play and find continuous opportunities to play seriously in this way. And what they tell me is that they begin to notice people around them begin to relate to them differently. And even more amazingly, they begin to relate to each other differently. That's stunning to me. So if we can attend to our own boat, it's not a navel-gazing project. It's something that we can actually offer with open hands in the marketplace. And it seems to me, more than ever now, that's the kind of gift um, that is increasingly important. Um, So I think that's all I've got. (laughs) 